Ayushi Bajpay is currently a PhD student under the supervision of Professor Sabajit Banerjee in the Department of Chemistry at Texas A&M University. Her research has been focusing on the development of sustainable chemistry solution to pressing global issue. Ayushi award-winning research has attracted substantial attention in mainstream media such as BBC, The Guardian, along with 100 plus news outlets in 23 countries across the globe. In this episode, we invite her to speak about the 3D printing soil research project that can foreseeably change the future of construction industry. Okay, so the, the distinguishing feature of our research compared to any other research which is done on 3D printing of soil is that most of the research is focused on a very clean soil mixture, which is either procured from some type of company or is like clean in the lab first, pre-treated before they use. What we did here is that we used the most complex form of soil mixture, which is present in nature, which is the soil which we excavated from backyard and then use that soil, ground that soil and then directly create a 3D printable mixer, which can be excluded. Extrusion means which can be like taken out from a nozzle and printed. And here we have to focus a lot on the type of chemistry and the type of rheology which is affecting the soil because it has to hold its shape when we print it and it has to hold the weight of the layer on top of it. So these were the challenges which we overcame. And as far as the life cycle assessment of the soil is considered, we are making sure that we don't end up creating a new concrete. Because what happened with concrete is that the product uh, was really good, it worked very well, but we didn't close the loop of sustainability, meaning that we did not assess whether the end-to-end -end product is recyclable or not. So if I, if I demolish concrete structures, it cannot go back to nature on its normal form. That's where the whole problem with um, disruption in carbon cycle is happening. So here, using soil as an initial material and making sure that it goes inside the ground as soil after it's uh, demolished is what the end-to-end -end life cycle assessment means. And that is what we are trying to achieve from our project. So 3D printing technology is or has already been there um, and is a separate field which is uh, being discovered and like explored um, with architectures uh, and engineers generally. Where, where we come is that we as a part of X Grants uh, project are collaborative of six different departments on the university campus, which is basically a synergy between the engineering aspect and the scientific aspect of material development process. So we're, what we offer is a sustainable alternate to concrete because concrete has this huge issue with uh, the carbon footprint and how it is like contributing to global warming. So what our role is that we use a methodology of in-situ resource utilization to design a palette of sustainable construction materials. And in this, we make sure that our process of development is completely sustainable building material. So here, what we did is we tapped into the void of the material innovation, which was lacking since the development of concrete, which was like decades ago. 
And here we add 3D printing to our technology where we use soil and extrude the soil using the 3D printer. So we reduce the addition of the human error inside the system and hence increase the productivity orders of magnitude compared to a, a construction site which is just operated with human labor. So this is where uh, our whole project lies and we focus on different materials and how we can increase the processes to make the whole uh, cycle sustainable and close the loop of sustainability here per se. Yeah, so XCRANS is our university's uh, President Excellence Fund, which is an internal grant which the university's departments get. So this is a very different perspective uh, generation place where you first of all don't understand how scientists operate as an engineer and then most of the times you don't understand how engineers operate as scientists. So in our journey of one and a half years, most of the difficult times we had was to understand each other's language and perspectives. For As a scientist, I don't care how this is going to scale up, but as an engineer, I have to think about these points. So everybody sitting on the same table, six different departments from architecture, construction science, soil science, engineering, chemistry, all of them talking the same language was the biggest hurdle. And I'll also call it as the biggest result which we got out of this whole process that we finally ended up speaking and understanding each other's language and that helped us so much in developing a process where we did not neglect the idea of sustainability the idea of scalability the idea of launching this into a product and also the idea of having the material and science sorted so this was one of the biggest achievements i'll say uh, on a personal level and on a professional level where we could come and sit down and talk about these things and understand each other. I think that's where the innovation happens when you start disrupting your own views and appreciating what other people have to offer. Be when we started this project, we had one thing very specific in our mind that we have to make sure that our project is sustainable. The product which we deliver is sustainable. So there were a lot of hurdles because whatever you try to do, there was always an easy route which you could navigate through and say that my product is sustainable because that's what is a more of a selling point these days. But we were true to our problem and it took us way longer than what we expected. But we can say it proudly that we have a product which is sustainable and which does not compromise on the scale of sustainability. We have the materials which are naturally procured. Our process of printing is way better in um, productivity compared to the human labor. And we can use this also to create bespoke ar architectures and have low carbon footprint. And it also reduces the material use. So all these points together prove that the process which we are using is sustainable and also that the time consumption in figuring out that these are the things which are needed to be used was very important. One more point which I want to focus is that when you try to print, you have to make sure that the thing which you're printing is flowing because you have to extrude it from the nozzle. You have to take it out from the nozzle, right? And also that when it hardens, it has to hold its strength. 
So when you put water in soil, it starts flowing, which which sounds like a very easy thing, right? But when you put excessive water in soil and it flows, it does not harden properly. So it will not have strength. So modulating the strength as well as the rheology was the biggest challenge in material development process. And I think we overcame that. Um, it wasn't easy. As I said, we had repeated um, iterations and challenges, but then we ended up on a very sweet spot of different naturally sourced um, admixtures, which helped us achieve both of the properties. So as far as the technology aspect is considered and the commercialization is considered, uh, right now, where our technology lies is that we can create architectural facades with this technology and it can be directly translatable to the larger building materials. The only uh, drawback or a challenge per se, which we have here is that uh, we need a little more strength in our material compared to uh, if you want to go into like building larger elements. So we are having a two-pronged approach there where first we are using soil and trying to increase the strength of the soil. And then the other approach is, which is more feasible into the direct translation into the markets where we use take the low carbon footprint cement like calcium sulfur eliminate cement and then add a little bit of soil as an additive but what what it does is that it reduces the amount of uh, the carbon footprint of that total collective system as well as it becomes more affordable so a person is more likely to buy a product which has a certain amount of soil in it and it will still give them the same strength compared to cement but is cheaper and is better for the environment so uh, i think that is the one of the points where we can push it for commercialization and the other point is uh, going into the extraterrestrial construction space so where we can use this technology and move forward towards building uh, infrastructures or landing pads for example on moon and mars and using the 3D printing technology because that's the place where we really need an automation of construction. And using this technology to move forward for constructing moon, uh, lunar or um, Martian landing pads and habitats in future. Yeah. Okay, so as far as the spectrum of the commercialization of this technology is considered, um, there is one aspect which is a very fundamental part of um, understanding how the soil is binding towards uh, construction and moving forward with uh, the extraterrestrial construction. For example, construction on moon and Mars and using uh, locally harvested soil on moon using a robotic arm and printing there with that soil. So that is an, that is an aspect which is to be explored. And recently, my professor, Dr. Sarbashit Banerjee, um, got a grant from NASA's Innovative Advanced Concepts Program for developing a moon or launch pad. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. And then the second aspect of this is, which is more um, of like a consumer-based um, product, uh, would be when you add a little bit of soil admixture into the cement and deliver that as a low carbon footprint product which is more sustainable compared to using direct uh, 
100% cement product. So um, these are like the different spectrums which we are exploring. And I'm most excited about the fact that when we can actually print using our technology on moon or Mars, that would be quite interesting for the whole mankind in a sense. And um, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I am really excited about this NASA project and I'm pretty sure that we'll get really good findings. And this uh, specific concept of construction using soil is in itself a disruption to the whole concrete industry and the technology itself. And since we have a proper funding now, it can be used as a disruption. It might end up being the next Tesla for concrete industry. So that is one of the things I'm pretty excited about. And moving forward, I would want to see how our results turn out and pretty much see where this project uh, takes us. On, on a personal note, I think I would like to use this platform to tell people that um, right now, this is the most difficult time for our planet in general. And if we diverge from finding something which can really help our planet, but is difficult for that short term, and we want quick results, then it might not be a good good thing for our planet. So it might take time when you're trying to do something bigger but if you have the patience and commitment and perseverance you can achieve sustainable solutions it is not difficult if we have developed a technology which has created new problems we have the potential to solve those problems it just is the matter of how long are we sticking with the problem so i think all the folks who are out there trying to solve problems and help the planet I think this is the right time for us. Just keep doing the good job you're doing and we'll definitely figure out a way to get out of this. This podcast is brought to you by Wendy Teo and Eliza Colling as part of the Narrative of Soy Research Project. This research project is funded by British Council, Connection Through Culture, 